What's up and welcome to episode three of Life with Football. I'm your host, Kyle Smith, Platform Sports League. This episode, I'm on the phone. I'm on a conversation with my brother, Tim Smith. Uh, Tim lives in Long Island, New York, where we grew up. Um, and is somehow in our conversation, basically we got into my recruiting story. So kind of the full-fledged story from starting in 11th grade uh, and how throughout my whole process I ended up at Purdue University um, playing some Big Ten football. Crazy, unexpected. Um, I'm glad that we finally got it recorded. Um, and I am basically taking advantage of the fact that I don't have any ho- – I don't have any um, – guests on the podcast yet so might as well get my story out there give you some context and where I'm coming from and just the thought process um, that I kind of went through and how uneducated my family was on the actual recruiting process Um, it was tough obviously this is the internet existed obviously in 2000 but um, sites like you know scout.com or rivals or um, anything else did not exist so or they existed but they were in their infancy um so really it was just a chance to kind of get through that and talk a little bit about that and my experience and hopefully it provides some value um my brother timmy's going to be around a frequent guest uh he's got great perspective he's kind of an old soul and uh he's somebody i've looked up to my whole life he's my best friend um and really just in key times of my life has given me some great advice and guidance. Um, so he'll be around, man. And he's a funny dude with a great New York accent. Mine's gone. But um, if I'm back in New York, it pops up again. It's kind of weird. So anyway, I hope you enjoy. Please comment, share, um, tell people about the podcast. Trying to bring as much value as I can to those families and those guys going through recruiting process and just tell the stories of football um, because football is life. Let's get it going. So I guess it all started for me, I think in the like junior year high school, like we were talking about, I'm not sure when the whole recruiting game picked up, but like I mentioned, when other guys on the team, when there were college coaches in school looking at them. Yeah. I think that is when it became an actual like reality. Like, oh, shoot, there's some recruiting going on, and it could be like an actual thing for me. Who was the biggest school that you saw with your own two eyes walk into West Babylon High School? Wasn't there an Ohio State guy for was, uh, T. Turner? Probably, but I see. I don't remember. It that. Might have been a myth. Been, yeah, that was a myth. I might, man. I might have been graduated, too. That might have been your junior year. Yeah. Well, I guess so whether it was like the spring before my senior year, probably. So usually it's like the spring of your junior year when everybody's busy on the road and the big schools are making their rounds. So um, for me, I'm trying to think of the biggest schools that actually talked to me. was It was Iowa. Um, Indiana was in the building. It's crazy that IU was in the building. I didn't even realize that. Um, really? and West Virginia and Georgia tech were probably the four bigger schools that I talked to like in, in guidance counseling, in the counseling office. You know what I'm saying? What? Those were phone conversations or they no, were actually at the school, at the school, like in person. 
So, and then everything else was mostly like uh, Patriot League, like yeah, um, yeah. Georgetown. Georgetown, I was pumped about. I remember that. The academics, yeah. it was just wasn't my game. I was decent yeah. academically, but not Georgetown level. So they kind of phased out. And then, you know, Patriot League, I'm trying to think. It was like Colgate. It was Lafayette, Lafayette was in there. Lehigh. Lehigh was in there, all those schools. So I was like, I was literally like a Patriot League FCS kid. Um, and also came some of that, which was back when I was a junior or senior in high school, was the Atlantic 10. Yes. Which was Hofstra. Richmond's JMU, Richmond JMU, yeah. none of those southern schools were around. It was more the you know northeast schools. So was um, Fordham in that conference? No. What was Fordham? I think Fordham was Patriot League. Hmm, I don't remember that now. Actually, yeah, Fordham I'm was su- Fordham was I'm Patriot. Su- I'm surprised Hofstra didn't make a. a who was the head coach? How was it? Gardy? Yeah, Joe Gardy. He, he was still there. Huh? Joe Gardy, and there was a. There was a kid, oh man, I forget his name, from Kellenberg that it was a quarterback that they offered, and that was that was their guy, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. they literally didn't offer me until they found that I had a Purdue random offer somehow. So yeah. See, listen, that's another case of location, Kellenberg at Hofstra's backyard. Yeah, I mean, West sure. Babylon's, what, 20 eggs, 10, 15 exits from Hofstra, but – why you know they had their kid in their backyard yeah i mean when you have your guy you have your guy and just go with it but um so anyway basically all those random schools of different sizes and it got to the point where i don't know like i i was done with the process like in the middle of it i just didn't want any more of it i was stressed out i was anxious i didn't know where the hell i was going you know what i mean and to the point where coaches would call and mom, I'd have mom tell her, tell them like I was somewhere else or I couldn't come to the phone or something like that. I was avoiding college coaches wanting to talk to me and I still had nowhere to go and I had no scholarships. So yeah, you, you were definitely in a, uh, a stressed out moment, man. I, I, you know, I, it's tough to vaguely remember all the details, you know what I'm saying? But I do remember, and I know you, so I know how far you, things can take you, and then boom, it, it shuts off. Right, so, I was done. You know, yeah, I was done. So it got through the se- it got through the football season, and then it became official visit time. So, oh, I forgot about UMass. So my literally my three, I took three official visits. The first one was to UMass. Yeah, and I think Marcel Ship, legendary Marcel Ship, running back, was my host. Um, I don't remember much about that. I just remember it was cold and I love the Boston scene. Like I remember saying to dad, like if I did, if I wasn't playing football, I would want to go to school like in that area because I remember the one recruiting thing they gave me or fact was there was like 25 schools within like a 10 mile radius. So it was like this college life out there. So, um, UMass was cool. And then I went to Towson was my second official visit. Yeah. And in the middle of Baltimore and then, which was cool. Um, and then randomly, you know, a couple of weeks go by and I find myself taking a late official visit to Purdue university out in the middle of Indiana. So yeah, that how cool. that happened, I have no idea. Um, 
but it randomly worked out, man. So that's one of the mysteries, man, is that we never solidified how how they even made like how they were able to make contact, you know, with you. Right. So where did they get that tape from? Yeah. To dig into that story, here's what here's what I've pieced together throughout the years of people I've talked to. So. It was clear that, and this was dumb, but I've said it in multiple episodes and things online, is that in my mind, like, I didn't want to do anything else. I wanted to be at a big school, and I wanted to roll the dice and give it a shot. So, and Coach Langella, my, for the audience, my varsity head coach, which was legendary, you know, legendary coach. um, He was like a dad to us all. We worshipped him, and, you know, I owe him tons. So, but anyway, he knew that he knew that all the schools that would come in and he'd basically say that, like, I don't think the kid's going to want to go to a smaller school. So a school that was recruiting me hard was obviously Stony Brook. They were, I think it was, they were D3 at the time though. Most Um, likely D3. Yeah. So uh, D's coach D's, he's still coaching somewhere. I don't know. He's been like on the East coast. Um, Anyway, he was the one recruiting me from Stony Brook. Coach Dees played defensive line at Syracuse for Gary Emanuel. So Gary Emanuel was the defensive line coach at Syracuse. But at that time, in 2000, Coach Eman was the defensive line coach at Purdue. So one avenue was Coach Dees was like, let me give him a call and just see kind of what's going on or just tell him about you. Yeah. And so that was one avenue. And I think. Now, wait, hold on. Did you confirm that with Coach D's? Has that never been confirmed? No, just through Langella. That's it. Just through Langella. Like, he told him that, and D's supposedly called him and just, like, put a word in and had to share a tape or do something because I didn't have anything sent out there. So, and on top of that, Sal Champy, man, head coach, legendary yeah. Long Island football coach, um, Sal Champy from East Isop High School. So Sal Champy, Coach Champy's last game in his career was my last game in my senior year. So yeah. we went down to the wire. It was a legendary game. We ended up winning. Um, Sal Champy played offensive line at Purdue University. And I guess had some kind of connection or whatever. I can't confirm this either. But um, somehow they received the game film of my East Islip game against East Islip. What a film, Matt. What a film. (laughs) That was a good day. Good game. So good game, man. So two two people hitting Purdue at the same time, probably randomly different. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. From different streams. And I think somebody gave me a look. Um so at that time, what was I going to say? Oh, with the Sal Champy thing, remember I told you 20 after, I think it was after college when we got home and we were, <laughs> we were t- tearing up the New York club life. Oh, and yeah. Everybody in Long Island or in that area knows the club Ice. We were yes, religiously sir. there every weekend and I ran into one of the, guys that we played against on the East Ice of football team at ice one night and pretty much <laughs> drunk walked up to me and knew who I was and said, Sal Champy got you, got you to Purdue, man. And like randomly yeah. he said that. So I believe like that was the whole story along with 
the coach from Stony Brook with that connection to E-Man who eventually recruited me from Purdue. So, and then, so they called me and this is another piece. And I think it was coach Olson called Greg Olson, who's the quarterback coach that coached Drew Brees in the Rose Bowl. He started recruiting me. He gave me a call and said, Hey, this is Greg Olson from Purdue university. And I, and I freaking thought it was a joke, dude, because of our boys, our friends from home, Rob Congista and Danny Doherty would (laughs) prank me giving me fake phone calls saying they were college coaches. I remember one day Robbie calls me and Kyle, how's it going, man? This is Bobby Bowden from Florida State. We want to offer you a scholarship. Uh, that's a great, that's a classic <laughs> though, bro. Those classic. things, that, that never dies. Yeah, no, that's a great story. So anyway, randomly, this is like, this has to be in December, like right before Christmas because I'm in basketball season. Yeah, um, I remember that. basketball my senior year. Olsen and Emmanuel, it's maybe even after, because I think it was after the Rose Bowl. So it's in January. It was, but it was definitely during basketball season. Yeah, because Greg Olsen. Were, weren't you hurt as well? Yeah, somehow randomly, like two days before, I get like a knee to the thigh, and I have this deep thigh <laughs> bruise, and I didn't tell anybody. And I'm out there. They come to watch. I, I, think it, I don't even know if it was a game. But yeah, it had to be uh, a game. I think it was a I think it was a practice. Man. It might even be a practice, but I was freaking out there hobbling around, getting my garbage points, whatever it was, trying to fake like I knew how to play basketball. And somehow, you know, they liked what they saw. The film worked out, and randomly, I think it was like the week before the Super Bowl or after the Super Bowl, I'm at a late visit sitting in Joe Tiller's office at a Big Ten university that I had no expectation of being there whatsoever. So, yeah. How'd that meeting develop? How'd that go in that room? So, you know, you show up on whatever it is, Friday night. Um, You show up on Friday night. We had dinner. And I'm the only kid in in town. So you're on an official visit. You're usually with, you know, four, five, six recruits from different areas. And it's just me. So it's me, dad, who doesn't say a word, (laughs) usually and like 10 11 coaches on staff and then you got players the hosts and everything like that we went they're all catering to you yeah like that was it it was just me it was crazy like what how has this happened so um first night my host was andre henderson who ended up um transferring out of purdue but great dude we hung out like uh, with all those older guys, I mean, sitting here with guys that just won, uh, just went to the Rose Bowl, and um, first night was cool. And then the second night, my host was Seth Morales, the legendary Purdue wide receiver um, that made probably the f- most famous catch in Purdue history uh, from Amen Joe Brees to beat Ohio State uh, to lock in and go on to beat IU and seal the Rose Bowl victory. So everybody knows about the Seth Morales catch. And uh, he was my host, man. Great dude. Um, he's a CEO now, by the way. CEO <laughs> of his own company in Indianapolis. Balling out. Well, uh, that's um, impressive. Yeah, man. So I remember just, you know, t- driving around campus. I remember driving up that hill on the east side of the stadium up there. And dad's in the car. And we're just, like, driving up. And we're looking at each other, like, seriously? <laughs> like, yeah. You really want me here? I'm game. You know what I mean? Yeah, so there was yeah. no competing with any schools. I had no offers. 
Um, so then we sit in Tiller's office, uh, whether, you know, Sunday morning, have the, that quick meeting. All I remember is that basically him telling me that they wanted to gray shirt me, which means basically I come to, I come in the fall as a walk-on and yeah. I'll be put on scholarship January 1 or the first day of the next semester. And it took us about 10 seconds and we said, no doubt, let's do it. Oh, one little thing I forgot to mention, they had me in the indoor facility. I don't know if it was Friday night, Saturday night. Yeah. I was in my jeans. Remember the Arrow Pastel cargo jeans? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what were you rocking? Timberlands? No, bro? the Eastlands, bro. Eastlands, Eastlands. boot. Eastlands. Um, yeah, they had yeah, me yeah. on the turf in the indoor, the old school turf, taking three-step drops. I don't know who I was throwing to, but Ch Jim Chaney was out there. Tiller wow. was out there. Olsen was out there. And I was in this. I was in a sweater. I was in that blue, like, Echo sweater, Arrow Pastel cargo jeans, and Eastland boots, freaking throwing the rock out there in an the indoor facility. Bro, day later. Go ahead. No, just day later, I got to, uh, I'm going to Purdue somehow. Dude, man, that was crazy. That is crazy man. to think about how that all went down. It's really amazing, man. Like, yeah. it's just amazing how it's almost like you willed it to happen in a way you, you had your own way of willing that that to happen but and i think almost it was like ignorance that helped you know what i'm saying I like agree. Yeah. yeah i was ignorant to the process i had no idea what i was doing you know mom dad had no idea what we were doing um, yeah but you know what in a way there in the, in a way everybody's patience and allowing you to do this. I mean, you could have signed the National Letter of Intent three weeks before for doing even called you. Well, not really. Signing day is on February, so, but I could have, like, committed somewhere or do whatever. Yeah, but yeah, that's the problem. Right. I wasn't signing any NLIs because I didn't have a freaking scholarship to sign, bro. Yeah, you know, true. So, and that's the, you know, I don't know what guys that are on different levels, when they say on signing day, I don't know what they're signing, honestly. I don't yeah. know if it's like a admissions slip or uh um what is that like a a dorm like a residence freaking fee or deposit or something like that on yeah. the room deposit so if anybody out of the audience knows what everybody's signing uh if they don't technically have a scholarship i'd, I'd like to know let's share that but yeah. um anyway i think yeah like i said i think the ignorance actually helped we had no idea what we were doing and we fell into just a great scenario Yep. And that was it, man. It was life-changing. That's exactly life-changing. Life-changing chain of events, man, that occurred. And, the butterfly know. effect. And here yeah. I am in Westfield, Indiana. And yep. I've been in the state of Indiana for, who knows, over 10, 11, almost 12 years. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. Pretty much since 2000. Minus four years, maybe. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. But, but I mean... You know, and everything that even happened, you know, from day one there to, I mean, I remember the drive out there the first time. I remember the first time, like, it really hit was when we were leaving, and it was probably after your first practice, man. Yeah. And you guys came running across the hill, and we were parked right there, you know, by the dorms that sat there, right? Right. Um, and I remember seeing the team coming up. And you ran right to the truck. You were in the green jersey. The green QB jerseys. Yeah, with the gold with the gold helmet. And I felt instantly I was like, that was that was it. That was what it was supposed to be. You know what I mean? And that's why 
the whole story was just, it, it's awesome. You know what I mean? Not, not a lot of people get to experience the things that you have and the things that you've given us. You know what I mean? So, right. No doubt, man. We're lucky. Lucky for yeah, sure. Absolutely. And I just like, uh, I don't know. Like, does that happen now? You know what I'm saying? In this day and age. And yeah. I know there's always late signees and like, what happened? I don't, I, from supposedly what I heard, what I heard, was that so the other quarterback that came in in that class was Kyle Orton, um, legendary QB for Purdue, obviously, um, went on to play in the league for a ton of years. Um, Great dude. But from what I thought, you know, you had Breeze that was leaving, and I thought they had a couple other commits um, that I don't know if they decommitted or something changed where they, they were now scrambling. So yeah. now you have a school that's scrambling, not sure who else to go back to, and you have those messages coming in from multiple people that say, "Hey, come check this kid out." Yeah. And I think it was just a, like a a storm of like all these events where all the stars yeah. align somehow. Yeah, and plus when they see you on tape or you know wherever or people see you, I think it's the arm strength too you had at that age and your and your physical stature. You know what I'm saying? Right, like you weren't right. you weren't a slouchy kid from West Babylon, man. You're six foot three, three two hundred and twenty pounds. Not even close, dude. Well, two, I'll give you two ten. I was I showed up to Purdue University weighing one hundred and ninety eight pounds. <laughs> All right, so I give you one ninety five, but you were still six three. I probably left at two thirty, which is nuts. It's just yeah. automatic over there. It's factory now and nowadays with the national rankings the way social media has kids becoming you know minor celebrities or celebrities in their own right in their own schools that's the difference it's 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 you know it's just out there for everybody right you know what it's I mean? access everything it's, it's access. an equal playing field so even when i was you know coming out of high school and you had the powers that be it's changed totally since then. Like you have, you know, Notre Dame that was their recruiting spiel was basically we're on national television every weekend because nobody, not every school had the chance to to do that. Whereas now, I mean, ESPN and all the different networks, they're covering every game that's possible. Um, But you had your pipelines where coaches were known recruiters in areas and they still are, but at the same time, the kids have more access to the different schools nationally. Um, So back then it was like the coaches that are known, um, they have those relationships with the well-known high school coaches in the area and they have their pick of which kids they want. And it's, uh, it's just different now where the, 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 the playing field is evened, you know what I mean? It's kind of leveled off in the sense that, um, you know, social media and I could market and capture the attention of a prospect of a kid better than I, than you can, you could 20 years ago. So, yeah. um, it, you know, especially with like, all right. And then another thing is too, like with the big schools, like, um, you know, like LSU and Alabama and schools like that, they're getting recruits. They're so loaded that what's happening in my opinion is a lot of these top tier recruits, they want to go into a program where they're going to play right away. You know what I'm saying? And have right. three full years and it's their team. It's basically like, you know, uh, like a school like Kansas or, you know, whatever. They, they want to, they want a top quarterback. 
they, they they're gonna build their program around that quarterback and right i think some kids are you know saying all right yes let's do that because in a way i guess they're thinking the easy path to the nfl they have tape they have repetition you know what i'm saying they're right. they're that that's what it is in the nfl that's what it is to keep playing too you know what i'm saying film video yeah but yeah. at the same time dude no matter who you are if you know you're like you gave Kansas as an example or, or some other, you know, any school that says we're going to build this program around you that next fall or that next season that's coming around, they're recruiting that next kid. And they're trying to out, they're trying to recruit over the talent that's at their position. And honestly, I mean, you can't blame a school for doing that. You're trying no, to, yeah. you're trying to upgrade every single personnel, uh, every single individual in each position and yeah. grow so and you're I, right and that makes your story even more rare you know what i mean <coughs> yeah it's crazy but i mean i think um that story exists for other kids so you know and just to touch on it how i don't know the message that a lot of people put out there it's like go where you're wanted not where you're tolerated go yeah. where you could play right away um, yeah, yeah. you know, go where you could be an impact player. You know what? That's not this, the truth for everybody. Like no, I said, yeah. I was a kid that had no idea what he wanted. Obviously there wasn't a whole lot of resources out there. There wasn't a whole lot of, uh, what's the word, um, precedent, right? There wasn't yeah. any big time recruits that were coming out of our area. So I didn't know yeah. what I wanted. I didn't know about it, but at the same time in my mind, I just wanted to roll the dice and go as big as I could and yeah. play big time college football. So the chance to walk on or the chance to be a small fish in a big pond, I jumped yeah. at it, man, because I was excited to be there. So I know since I had that mentality, I know there's kids out there now that have that mentality. And I, you know, there's Absolutely. no blanket statement as far as what you should do. You know what I'm saying? Like each each individual has their own truth and, and motivation and, and what they want. So I just say it, you got to dig into what that is and tune out all the freaking outside noise and yep. go for it. 